This podcast is brought to you by the University of Aberdeen. Welcome to our latest Cafe Connect podcast, where we bring you the latest research from the University of Aberdeen. My name is Rachel Elliott, and I'm part of the Public Engagement with Research Unit. In this series, we meet different researchers who talk about their work and its relevance in society. If you have any comments or questions, we'd love to hear from you. Please email peru at abdn.ac.uk. That's P-E-R-U at abdn.ac.uk. And we'll put your questions and comments to our researchers. So I'm joined today by Dr. Rachel Shanks, who's a Senior Lecturer of Education. Today's discussion is all about her research on school uniform policies and her work influencing policymakers and education officials about how the significant cost on parents can be addressed. Thank you for joining me, Rachel. Thank you. So how was it that this research initially came about? Well, it all came about from one conversation with a fourth year student at the University of Aberdeen who mentioned to me how great it would be if undergraduates had a chance to take part in research that staff were conducting. And so I thought about that and I spoke to uh, people at AUSA, the University Student Association, and they helped me to recruit some students in 2019. And I had 12 fantastic students, undergraduates who, um, and one master's student who worked with me for a week. I taught them some qualitative data analysis software called Envivo, how to use that. And then they worked with me and we collected the school uniform policies of all 357 publicly funded secondary schools in Scotland. And we analysed them together. And then three of the students are still working with me. One of them, we've published an article and uh, two of them were about to send off uh, manuscripts to journals as well. So, but it all came from just that one conversation. It was actually in Pataudry Football Stadium on a university strategy away day. And it's just been provided a great opportunity. So why is it that the Scottish school uniform system is so in favour of school uniforms, both in the past and today? So I think um, school uniform, there are good reasons to have it because it can, um, when we have families with different uh, financial circumstances, it can try to put everyone on an equal footing. And I think for that reason, a lot of people have been in favour of school uniform so that um, everyone looks the same and um, it hopefully would prevent bullying so that people aren't possibly making fun of what people are are wearing. There isn't a stigma of of people um, looking, you know, being in different types of clothes. So that's one of the key reasons um, that I think that the school uniform has has stayed in place in Scotland. But a lot of the other reasons that are given for school uniform, that it will help with learning, um, aren't actually borne out by any research. So it's something that's taken for granted because Most people in the UK who went to school in the UK will have worn a uniform, their parents will have worn a uniform, and probably their their grandparents would have worn uh, some type of uniform as well. So because we don't, there's only 14 secondary schools in Scotland funded by the Scottish Government that have no school uniform requirement. So because it's, we just 
assume that we always have a school uniform and it doesn't change. It's just taken for granted. It's not questioned because we don't see an alternative. Whereas in other countries that don't have a school uniform, they have the opposite problem. They can't imagine having uh, requiring young people to wear a, a school uniform every day. And you've been focusing research on school uniform policies. What have you found as part of that research? So what I found was that um, most secondary schools, they split up what girls should wear and what boys should wear. Um, so we have um, really uh, gendered school uniform policies um, and there's quite a lot, a movement really um, maybe gathered more attention and, and in England to, to say that we should really have a an ungendered school uniform so that if there's a school uniform it simply says these are the items to wear and then young people can choose which items they wear so rather than saying um, girls have to wear skirts it just would be um, anyone can wear skirt or trousers or shorts so quite often in the summer especially in the south of England there are boys that wear skirts to school because they're not allowed to wear shorts. That's not part of the school uniform. So they, their way of sort of protesting that is, is to wear a skirt. Now, in Scotland, for a long time, girls have been wear, able to wear trousers to school. But um, quite often when the, the school uniform is laid out of uh, you know, where to buy the school uniform, so if there's an exclusive supplier, it's been found uh, in England that um, girls' uniform is more expensive than boys when you add up all the items. So the, the more that single suppliers or a small number of suppliers are used, then the more expensive the school uniform is. What I was surprised about in my research was just how many uh, schools sort of required a school tie. I didn't realise that, that that would be so 90% of secondary schools in Scotland that are publicly funded have a school tie that uh, is compulsory and two thirds uh, have a school blazer that's uh, compulsory. And those those are costs, um, first of all, that maybe aren't necessary, but also, again, it's that um, rather traditional things to wear. So when we think of now, obviously a lot of people are working from home, but even before the pandemic, the sort of what people wore to work had become more casual. And yet, if we think of a school uniform with trousers or skirt, uh, a shirt or blouse, a tie and a blazer, that's something that we think of as, as being very much, you know, still what 1950s, 1960s, you know, 20th century, and, and doesn't really, really reflect what people wear to work today. Because quite often, um, schools will say, they have a school uniform to sort of reflect what, what people will be wearing at work afterwards. Why is it that school uniforms can be so costly? So, well, I mean, partly it's that exclusive supplier. So if if you have only one company that you can go to or one shop to buy uniform, that tends to make it more expensive. And then it can be just the number of items that people are asked uh, to buy. So. Uh, it might be a particular colour of socks, it might be a particular colour of trousers, not always black or grey. Some schools might have blue trousers, which because there's less, they'll be more expensive. And ties uh, can be expensive when a lot of schools 
you don't have just one tie for the whole of your, you know, four, five, six years at secondary school. You might have to change tie in uh, for the senior phase from S4 or S5, depending on the rules of that school. And some schools even have three ties so that when pupils get to S6, they have a third tie that their family would have to buy for them. And the another reason is PE kits, so physical education kits. So those are other costs that are sometimes forgotten, that there's not just, you know, the everyday what the young people wear to school. Uh, there's also the, the, the PE kit can be expensive. So that can be, although many schools ban trainers in class, but then so two pairs of uh, shoes are needed. You know, the, the school, maybe black school shoes, but then a separate pair of trainers for PE. And then it might say that a particular, it might even be the school t-shirt has to be worn for PE, things like that. So all the items we might not think of it as being expensive, but when the, the school clothing grant is £150 per pupil per year for a growing uh, you know, teenager, that, that's not going to cover all, all the costs of the school uniform. What have other countries been doing on school uniforms? Do other countries have a similar view to school uniforms being necessary? So Scotland and England, Wales, Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland are all very similar, just that tradition that, that sort of came from England. And then in a sense, during the sort of time of the British Empire, the the school uniform was exported all across the world and so a lot of countries that still have a school uniform it's it started you know maybe uh, over 100 uh, years ago um, 150 years ago with with the Brit british empire and you know hundreds of years ago and in other parts of the, the world in and most of europe in fact there isn't that uh, tradition of school uniform. There might be some, some private schools or religious schools might have a school uniform. But if we look to Finland and in education, we often look to Finland because it um, does so well in international comparisons. There, there, uh, not a single school in Finland has a school uniform and it's not, not common at all in other Nordic countries. But I think it's sometimes it's a reflection of uh, if there's a bigger income differential between people in a country, then a school uniform is a way of trying to mask that income difference. Whereas in the Nordic countries, there are more equal societies. So there isn't that need to have school uniform to try and hide those differences in, in, in income. So in, in the rest of Europe, there's Malta and Cyprus, of course, two former colonies. So there we have the sort of um, the tradition from, from the British Empire. And Malta actually in 2019 uh, did a survey of parents, teachers and pupils to ask them about school uniform. And they decided to introduce a tracksuit. So each school would have its own tracksuit and the uniform would be the tracksuit. So to make it easier to do physical activity, to and from school, after school, during the school day. But actually that was put on hold because of the pandemic. In other countries, so for China, a lot of schools have a tracksuit in China. And in the South America, Latin America, there's there's quite a tradition of school uniform, but that comes from a different um, a different tradition of to do with hygiene. So it started off with a smock was worn over people's clothes at the beginning of the, the 20th century, and then that sort of developed into a school uniform. Now that you've done all your research, what changes would you like to see in school uniform policies in the future? 
Well, in Scotland, I think it would be great if there was national guidance on school uniforms. So at the minute, um, local authorities might say to, to schools what they would expect in a school uniform policy, but it's actually up to each school within you know, the local authority uh, policy to decide on its own uh, school uniform. Whereas in the rest of the UK, there's uh, guidance for, for schools. And in Wales, they have guidance to say it should be generic items. And that's actually coming into force in England as well uh, in 2022. So I think having generic items, so that's less things with logos, um, things that can be bought anywhere, so not having exclusive suppliers. I think that helps to keep the cost down, but it's also good for the planet because it means that uh, things can be used um, between different schools and also um, it, it just makes it less expensive. And so what I think would be great is if we think of school uniform as being affordable, comfortable and sustainable. So affordable so that nobody is being made poorer because of the requirements of a school uniform policy, uh, which is the case at the minute because the, the school clothing grant probably doesn't cover all the costs for a whole school year. Comfortable and that might sound odd, but it's just there's research to show that girls would do more physical activity to and from school and during the school day if their school uniform was more comfortable, if they were more likely to wear trousers rather than, than skirts. And also uncomfortable as well, so that there's no, as well as potential gender discrimination, that there's no uh, race or religious discrimination as well, to make sure that everyone can feel comfortable wearing the school uniform. And then also sustainable. So what I've mentioned already, just that this could be a way of people understanding the circular economy of how there's so, so many clothes going to landfill and so many greenhouse gases being used in the production and transport of uh, clothing around the world. So that if we had items that were more hard wearing, that could be would last longer, but could be used by two or three people um, before they're recycled. Um, for me, that would that would be, uh, you know, something that we could be aiming for in Scotland. And what have you been doing to influence policymakers? Do you think they and schools are willing to adapt their approach to school uniforms? So when I discovered that Scotland was the only part of the UK that didn't have any national guidance on school uniforms, I um, wrote up some of my research findings into a policy briefing and I sent that uh, by email to all the MSPs on the Education and Skills Committee, to the Scottish Government and uh, other you know, stakeholders in uh, education in Scotland and then I met with uh, MSPs from several different parties and the Scottish Government to, to explain you know, my findings and recommendations about having national guide, statutory guidance about schools having regular reviews of their school uniform policies and also about involving pupils you know, so that young people have a say in what they're wearing to school every day. And you know, been delighted by by the response because three of the main political parties in Scotland then put recommendations about or sort of uh, commitments on school uniform policy in their manifesto in the Holyrood uh, 2021 election campaigns, and then following on from that, um, a member of Parliament put uh, put in a question to Parliament. Another MSP then had a private members debate in September 2021 about uh, school uniform and affordability. 
and the Scottish Government, as part of their plan of uh, programme of government for this Parliament, they've committed to introducing statutory guidance on school uniforms. So I'm hoping within the next you know, four years, there, there will be statutory guidance, possibly similar to Wales, asking schools to, to have generic items, not to have exclusive suppliers, and to think about the cost um, so that it isn't putting uh, you know, families in, in more difficult circumstances because of the cost of school uniform. And what are the next steps for you on the issue? Are you doing further research? Yeah, so uh, going back to your last question as well, actually, I'm, I'm really interested to know why there is resistance to to changing school uniform. So um, I've, I'm interested in looking at uh, school uniform from, from a human rights um, perspective in terms of children and young people, but I'm also interested in that resistance from, from, from teachers and uh, people who might have to ask teachers to or schools to make changes of, I guess, why people are so wedded to, to the notion of school uniform when there actually is no research to show that it makes a difference in terms of how young people, young people do. Now, um, work that the Child Poverty Action Group in Scotland has done shows that it is um, beneficial to have a school uniform and you know that's one of the the Scottish government's reasons for having a school uniform to, to pre prevent bullying and competition or, or the child poverty action groups talked about the stigma people can have if they can't afford um you know clothes for school but for me i just i'm i'm interested in why people um aren't happy to, to maybe have the changes that we've seen during COVID, during the pandemic. So in economics, it's called a natural experiment where, where just because of the circumstances, we're able to um, sort of see how things can be different. And during the pandemic, schools, a lot of schools relax their school uniform requirements. So if young people had physical education, they could go in a tracksuit that day. They could go in their PE kit and stay in their PE kit all day so that they didn't have to change um, because of COVID. Together with other colleagues in Scotland, we're um, hoping to write a book about school uniform and we've included colleagues in Ireland and Zimbabwe as well. So we're looking at those, um, those colonial links with how school uniform was, if you like, taken to other parts of the world uh, during the time of the British Empire and also looking at uh, school uniform today in, in Scotland in terms of do pupils get to participate in the decisions about what they wear, what are the gender differences that are still apparent in school uniform policies and how can we make it you know, more sustainable for the future. And obviously, a young, lot of uh, young people maybe wore their tracksuit on days that they didn't actually have PE, but they figured maybe their teachers wouldn't realise. So, and a lot of schools have realised that when shops were closed during the pandemic and young people still were growing, then parents couldn't go out and buy the next size up um, of the uniform. So they relaxed the rules and it was simply, you know, come to school and dress warmly because windows are open even in the winter so young people have to wear lots of extra layers and again the schools are some schools not all schools some schools are still sending young people home when they're not wearing the school uniform unfortunately 
But I think that sort of relaxation of rules because of COVID has maybe might have made a bit of a difference with teachers and um, head teachers realising, well, actually, the young people are still working hard at school. They're still uh, doing well. And, and maybe it isn't linked to there isn't a link between wearing a school uniform and um, and doing well at school. So I think there might be a change and also what a lot of people are wearing because they're home working, what people are wearing while they're working has become much more casual. It again, there's an even bigger disconnect between young people going to school in a blazer and a tie and a shirt and, you know, someone at working from home in in their you know tracksuit bottoms and slippers so it's um so I'm hopeful that people might see that we can change school uniform and the the sky won't fall down well thank you very much for joining me today Rachel and thank you for such a thorough overview of your research we're always interested in hearing views of our audience so please email peru at abdn.ac.uk if you have any comments or questions Thank you for listening and goodbye. This podcast is brought to you by the University of Aberdeen.